businesses these days, doesn't matter the size, do have multiple cloud offerings, subscription services, and even Office 365, which you know most companies use, is it's cloud-based. Um, and you rattled off a whole lot of programs as well. They'll have a video conferencing piece of software. They'll have a CRM. They'll have a finance system. Before too long, what they've got is they've got a lot of their intellectual property sitting out there on other services. Welcome to Laugh Lonely podcast show season two. Simplify your systems to amplify your results. I am JC Jeanette Cremor. I interview amazing guests to hear their stories and we share practical advice to plan and implement your business projects. Hope you enjoy this episode. Hi listeners, today I have with me Greg Hill. Uh, you might remember back in season one, he was my guest in episode 18 and we were talking about the human side of transformation. Greg has his own consulting firm and helps small to medium sized businesses realize the benefits and changes that lie ahead when they transform to cloud-based platforms. And we plan to sit down and catch up again this season and we had an idea we were going to be talking about business strategy and systems and architecture. So who knows where today's conversation is going to go with the situation that we're in. So stay tuned and enjoy um, my chat with Greg. Hi, Greg. How are you? Good afternoon. I'm doing fine. How are you? Um, yeah, I, better than yesterday um, and probably even slightly better than last week. So... Um, it's a question. It's a question we're all asking each other, and I suppose it's the polite thing to say. Yeah, we're okay. <laughs> we're getting there. We're hanging in there. Yeah, and you know, it's it's about the lens we look through. I think um, when a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a month ago now, by the time this goes to uh, to air, we're in the middle of you know new instructions from government every day, where we could hang out with our family and friends, what we could do and what we couldn't do. We've now had the introduction of, a, you know, these financial stimulus packages that people in business are trying to understand how can they benefit from um, the support. And so, yeah, um, I think the best thing for us when we're actually sharing our stories um, on air is really about being truthful and vulnerable and sharing our scars and bruises. So I am exhausted and I do take every day um, one step forward. So the lens that I'm looking for, through every day is the silver lining and what what opportunity can I turn today into is kind of how I am at the moment. Are you feeling the same? Yeah, it's a bit like that. Um, very much like that. In fact, um, it's last week. Um, I know this is going to air probably a little bit later, but I think last week and the week before felt like a, a lifetime. Uh, every day something was changing and you know, the world changed very, very quickly. Uh, and you get to the point where you say, well, actually, what day is it? It all blurs into one at the moment. And I know a lot of people are saying it, but it's the truth at the moment. Um, it's very hard to know what's happening over the horizon for the next one. As I said to you, we, you and I had a chat last week. I, I've, I've gotten to the point, I think I'm having to tune out some of the news that's going on at the moment because there's so much information and disinformation out there that uh, it can get you down. So you just got to focus on and try and get business where you can and uh, try and have some type of sense of normality whilst we're all working from the confines of our home. 
Yeah, and I really struggled with how much do I reflect or talk about COVID-19 in my podcast. It was something I really struggled with and my last two episodes have been about me talking about what to do now and what to do next. And I think our conversation today will help reinforce that even through these times of uncertainty and it might seem a little bit chaotic, the strength we have in our you know, and our systems and our architecture and, and the direction we're taking is really relevant and it's timely that we actually sit back and um, have a look at that. So I wouldn't mind just jumping into what we thought we were going to be talking about and see where we go. Um, and, <laughs> it's played by ear, hey? And I think that's what we're all, um, we all are in business at the moment. We're adapting every day, so. We certainly are. Um, as, I, as I said to you earlier, I, you know, I delivered a lecture to a university today for the first time at home. Uh, in the com comfort of my home and that was an experience and these are the types of things that were are challenging us from time to time but you know we've got to we've got to push on yeah well that's a really good example of why it's important to have you know your business strategy and systems and architecture all kind of understood so when you do have to react like i think you said you had 20 students online and uh the the head um academic or yep. tutor that's right and you as the guest presenter to the students regarding, um, I think you were talking about ERPs, weren't you? Correct, um, yep. Yeah, so for people that don't know what an ERP is, it's a big system that actually keeps all your finances <laughs> and HR and all your projects or um, your warehousing, your purchasing. It's really about the big corporates use big ERP systems. We in small to medium-sized businesses we might be using a blend of applications, but anyway, I'll, I'll won't steal your thunder. I'll let you talk. So, Greg, just to remind people, you have got a finance background, but you um, have hung out mostly in manufacturing, retail, and higher education um, in recent years, and you've helped business executives really develop their strategies and actually put in place appropriate um, business solutions. So for us that don't know all these, these jargon words, what is really a business strategy considering our systems, our technology and our architecture? Kind of what does it look like? Yep. Paint a picture. Yeah. Yeah. So what I, what I focus on mainly in my business is um, trying to help businesses of all size um, because sometimes it involves large companies, even though you think that they might already have this sometimes. They like a view of someone from the outside world to try and help them on their path. But it's most businesses, no doubt most businesses will have some type of strategic outlook of where they want to be in the future. Or as I like to say to people, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Okay. Mm -hmm. And generally once that's set, I often ask them, okay, you know where you want to be, you know where you want your business to be. You want to be X size. You want to be into this markets and everything like that the question i always ask is how can you use technology to get you there because the technology and systems are all around us at the moment um, you know businesses need to utilize a lot of the services that are out there that can help them and in fact sometimes by looking at those solutions that are out there especially cloud-based offerings which they don't have to necessarily look after themselves but they can utilize how can they actually get a bit of a leg up in their industry and, and so that's what I talk about a lot when it comes to 
how can your IT strategy, even if you don't have an IT department, but how can an IT strategy actually help you deliver your business strategy and how can architecture, sorry, how can architecture make it clear as to what you need to do over the next few years? And so that's what I've been talking a lot about. And that could be related to any size of business, small, medium, or even the large corporates as well. Um, and so that's sort of like the focus of what I've been doing uh, in, in my business. So most people might think of an architect, a building architect. <laughs> uh, I think most people can appreciate that when they go to um, build a house, one of the people they go to first is an architect and say, how can we design a house that takes maximum advantage of our block of land? So the the geographical real estate, the space that I have. And these are the features that I want in the house. And these is how we use the house to function. Yep. And, and I think when people think building architect, just flip that hat around and we do the same things um, in technology, um, in IT architecture. So explain a little bit more about architecture in the contents of technology when people probably have more of an association to a, building architect yep. it really is and it's becoming architecture is becoming more and more commonplace in a lot of organizations than they were say yeah maybe 10 years ago there's a number of reasons why that may be the case for me it's because the one thing i see is that because we're getting to more of what i would call a hybrid it landscape in other words you have Multiple, you have a business who may have script subscriptions or uh, services from multiple cloud suppliers, plus they might have some applications that are on premise as well. Um, if you don't know what's connected to what, where your licenses are, how much you're using, et cetera, et cetera, you can soon get yourself into a bit of a pickle. So by utilizing some good architecture upfront, to review your current landscape, review where you want to be. I think you know businesses can be more fully aware of the applications and services that they're using, or may want to use in the, in the future. Some some companies may be totally unaware of what subscriptions or licenses they actually own or even utilising. So it can actually help them in doing a bit of a reconciliation of what they've got, and so that they don't fall foul of solution providers if they actually utilize more licenses what they own. That's a good example of it. So it's, it's good business practice to say, where do you want to be in the future? But I think it's also good practice to say, well, what do I want, what do I want to invest in from a system to get to where I want to be in the future? And I believe architecture, so a combination of architecture and strategy can actually help you to do that. Now, it's not something you, you, know, you might want to review all the time, but I think it's good to have a bit of a picture. If you've got a single story house and you want to build a double story house, you don't just go and build it. You've actually got to build the foundations first to actually make sure it's actually going to, not going to fall over and become a mess uh, on your block of land or something. So I think that now these days as we're getting a little bit more complicated in technology there's more offerings there i think the pre-planning before you actually dig is actually more important than ever ever before and i would even say that for, for small businesses yes they may not have many many applications like large corporations but they've probably got more to lose because whatever they invest in in the future they, they can't they don't have big it budgets um so get it right the first time. And I think that will then pave the way for a success 
moving forward and they will be able to deliver on their strategy. That's, that's how I see things. Yeah. And isn't it so not um, irrelevant, but really point at how much people are relying on cloud-based solutions at the moment. Like we are all jumping on zoom, um, Facebook live, iPhone um, live chat, you know, um, FaceTime, everything that is available, what we call cloud-based solutions, we are 100% relying on them at the moment to connect to each other. And I'm finding that even um, I'm working with a management consulting firm at the moment to look at their processes, but it's about understanding the business architecture, which is about their core processes, their core business, and knowing where their data is sitting so that when we do join the pieces of the pipe we have what i call sources of truth because what i'm finding um, in many small medium-sized businesses i'm talking about people that rely on um, zero for their finance and i'm I'm just using these applications as examples but zero um, they might be using um, asana for project management they might be using active campaign for their CRM and um, marketing. So all these cloud-based solutions, but I'm finding that they keep, like you said, subscribing to another application because they're trying to find a feature that they're missing in their process. And yet if they really understand what their architecture is, they might not need to actually go and buy another subscription, another application. They actually, yeah. So that's, is that the example that we're trying to help? That's the picture Basic terms, yeah. Yeah, that's the picture that we're trying to paint here is that businesses these days, doesn't matter the size, do have multiple cloud offerings, subscription services, and even Office 365, which you know most companies use, is, is cloud-based. Um, and you rattled off a whole lot of programs as well. They'll have a video conferencing piece of software. They'll have a CRM. They'll have a finance system. They'll have, you know, a, a, a repository for all their images and things like that. Mm. Before too long, what they've got is they've got a lot of their intellectual property sitting out there on other services and not actually on their physical server that's sitting on the ground next to them anymore, which is the way it used to be. Back then, the problem was backing it all up um, now with all these cloud services where well, you don't have to necessarily worry about that, but, but it means your data is not with you anymore. And all the systems will and can connect with one another. Now, if you are a, a business owner and you're starting to rely on these and you find yourself growing in these areas, you know, as we also do yourself a favor, mate, and actually start to document these, do, do some diagrams, do some architecture, do a, and, and as is in a 2B, um, do a bit of a portfolio and record of what you've actually got so you're aware of what you've got because you don't want to fall foul of oversubscribing, undersubscribing, or actually paying a lot of money for a service that you're not going to use um, and take advantages of that. Now, I'm not saying that architecture is the, 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 you know, the, uh, the golden egg and, the, and it is going to solve all those problems but it is a good visual representation of where you are and where you want to be in the future. Um, and I find it actually is very good because I think sometimes we're all, we all like to see pictures and see where we're going. It's really good to sort of put an image in front of the stakeholder and say, all right, 
are you aware this is your landscape? And they'll look at it and they're like, oh, what's that system? And I was like, well, this is a system that you subscribe to, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, oh, I didn't even know that existed. And one of those linkages, this is data, your HR data going to this particular system. And they didn't realize that that was actually occurring. And it gets back to what you said before, where is your single source of truth? Uh, and it, especially with a smaller medium, your data is your livelihood. That is your, your asset, um, all the information mm. you've got. So it, it doesn't have to be a huge piece of work, but I think it's a, a piece of work that has to happen before you start going down the, this, this future path especially more so today in, mm -hmm. in today's day and age. So as you and I sit here tonight and we're at stage three restrictions at the moment in, in Victoria, especially who knows what the future may be, but there's a lot of businesses that are operating for home and they're quickly sort of setting up these systems. When the bounce, when the, when the rebound happens and things start to get better, all I'm asking is for anyone who's listening to this podcast, do some planning. Don't go and hit the road straight away do some careful planning because there's a lot of technology out there. There's a lot of solutions out there and you can soon get yourself into a little bit of a mess So do the planning up front and that will pave the way for a successful future as far as I'm concerned. Greg, that's really um, some common sense about planning. And what I want to ask you next then is when we are a business and we want to go about setting our path, you know, like you said, where do we want to head? What do we want to achieve? What's um, something that they should be considering so that they know which way to go? You know, should they keep going down a certain path or should they change direction? Yeah, that's a, that's a fair question. And especially in the light of what's going on in the world at the moment, um, I think setting a path and sticking to that is going to be very difficult for a lot of businesses. Um, and so what I would suggest to, to those of you that are in the small to medium uh, businesses who are listening to this is, and this is common sense is, you know, set, set milestones and review those milestones. So where are you at on your journey and don't wait for another 12 months to actually review them. Do it a little bit more often, uh, you know, do it quarterly. If you have to do it monthly, if you need to be, because the world is changing and also technology is changing. So you've actually got two baselines, two bases that are actually shifting. You've got the, the, the economy and the world is changing and you've also got technology changing as well. I mean, every day there's some new business offering or some new technology service that's out there on the market that is going to profess to save you thousands or something like that. It's working out what's real and what's not real for your business. So go out and do a comparison of these services. It, it's not too dissimilar to me to budgeting and forecasting. You don't just set your budget and your forecast and say, well, that's it. I'm locked in for the next 12, 12 months. You know, don't be afraid to change because sometimes solutions that, that might help a business flourish, they may not be on the radar when you first hit your strategy, but they are now because technology is changing rapidly. So that's what I would suggest is it's almost using a bit of an agile mentality. As long as you've got your business strategy set and try and actually keep reviewing every now and then and just set some milestones because there is new technology is always around the corner. There are new ways of doing business and also the, the business landscape changes significantly as we now know mm. and i'm sure a lot of people have added zoom or webex or something to their uh to their list of things that they've subscribed to most recently well it's it's interesting because we're in this situation where we have to get by with video conferencing some businesses may not have even thought about that because they all worked in offices 
now they've got a taste of it, is that going to change the way we do business moving forward or not? Mm, that's a good point. And so that becomes their new norm. That's right. Yeah, and, techno- exactly. and technology has allowed them to have a taste or a flavour of that. And so mm. what has to, so that's kind of your point about regular milestone reviews because it's your business practice that's evolving and so your technology can enable that. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. It's being being forced into a situation like we are at the moment actually opens your eyes up to options that you probably never thought out before. The, the point of this discussion for us is that no matter the size of your business, whether you're a, a one person or a, or a hundred people, a little bit of careful strategy, planning and architecture before you actually start investing in these tools will be worth it and you won't waste your money uh, and you make the most of it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm actually seeing that at a, at the moment with uh, um, a business of 10 where they're trying to decide amongst themselves what collaboration tool they're going to use and the chatter that's going backwards and forwards is, you know, we need WhatsApp, we need Slack, we need this. And, we, and I'm going, oh, my gosh, there's about 15 different applications that they've talked about and there's only 10 of them in the team. So, um, Yeah, and before you know it, you've got a very complicated landscape and you've got company information sitting all over the place. So, you know, it, it doesn't have to take, you don't have to spend a lot of time doing this if you say a company of 10 people, but I think it's important that you do it anyway. Yeah, because otherwise um, individuals will have their preference of all these applications that are available on their mobile devices. And so they get familiar with it and then they want to introduce it into their workplace because that's what they know. Yep, yeah, exactly. But I think some careful planning, you know, you don't go out unless you've got money to burn. You don't go out and just buy a car because you like the, you know, I want that car. You do your research, you have a look at it, you see how much it's going to cost you in the long run, you know, what's your servicing, is it going to break down on me? You do all that type of stuff. Uh, and we do a lot of that. Yeah, with applications, geez, we quickly sign up to those things, don't we? And then we do it, we do it ten times before you know it. We've got ten apps that we've just subscribed to, and we're paying a little bit of money turned into ten times as much money. So, yeah, let's yeah. let's just let's just be careful, people. That's all I'm saying. And the other, like, and the and the thing that gets you the gotchas is um, advertising nine ninety nine per user per month. Mm. That's in um, uh, US dollars. But our, you know, so all of a sudden, twenty, you know, ten dollars US becomes thirty dollars Australian. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, you're going, oh, hang on, I thought I was only paying ten dollars per person, but they didn't see the read the fine print that it's actually a US based head office, and so their billing comes from head office. Well, they, or they, or they put the monthly cost, and you say you only have to pay this much per month, but then the final point is you actually have to buy twelve months upfront, um, yeah. or something like that. There's, there's a whole lot of different you know, offers yeah. and everything out there. Just, I think, yeah, what, you know, the, the, the outcome of this podcast is to say the, the rebound will come in what form we don't know. You are going to be using tools at the moment that you didn't think you were going to be using because you have to, because you're in this situation. If you're thinking about your future and you want to start growing your business and get back on the track, a little bit of technology strategy, a little bit of architecture will go a long way. Yeah, that's good advice. That's really good advice. I was going to ask you a question um, originally around, you know, in this decade, so in the new 20s, <laughs> what is going to be shaping 
um, us in the areas that we must focus on. But I don't even know if I want to think about this decade. I, um, what if there was a couple of things that people could focus on that point that you made regarding take the time to plan and think about what technology you want to take forward when you rebound and you reopen your doors or you, you increase your staff numbers again, whatever it is looking for you, what should they be focusing on? What, what is some tips that you could give them? Well, I think you answered one of them and that is to, to focus on your collaboration tools. Um, okay. You know, we, we've talked about, uh, especially in, in higher ed, as you know, when you, when you, when you worked with us, um, Collaboration is very important. Um, I think probably a lot of people may have invested in them now because they wanted to get up and running. But uh, you know, I think this is going to be a very important investment moving forward. How do we collaborate and how how can we continue what we're doing now and not affect business? So are we all of a sudden just going to stop working from home and stop video conferencing and go back in the offices and, and face-to-face? Or are we going to have a bit of a, dare I say, a hybrid blend of the environment is just the taste of it uh, to come so i think uh doing doing your homework around collaboration so i think yeah collaboration will keep growing uh, definitely i mean i've got i think i've had uh, that many video conferences in the last few weeks and i've used about five different tools uh, mm. because everybody uses something different so um that, that they will definitely grow in popularity i also had a little bit of a thinking about um Another another area that is definitely going to be um, high in the radar of a lot of companies, and and that is around. And we've talked about analytics before, but I think analytics in today's day and age, and the future that we uh, we're going down is going to be even more important, especially around HR and people analytics. Um, I think that HR companies will have learnt a lot about maybe gaps in their systems or processes or or even policies. Um, you know, I'm sure not all companies would have had a work from home policy uh, when they first started this or even know how to do this. So I think HR analytics and the information that we now need and the information we may have to store moving forward uh, could be a, a big focus on that as well. Uh, that, that's, yeah. another, that's another one that comes to mind. Um, yeah, I yes, that absolutely. I really, I can relate to that. Um, someone that loves data, <laughs> and um, from an analytical background, but I hadn't thought of the need for the data in a different um, context in the future. Um, yep. Before I was more focused on using analytics to do predictive analysis in regards to patterns in a business, like. Um, seasonal patterns where their peaks and troughs were what triggered um, certain channels of transactions you know were they preferring um, front counter versus online versus a third eight you know third party agent but i hadn't thought of the people side mm. of the analytics that's yeah good insight yeah that's that's something i think that um is going to be very i've, I've heard countless stories of you know there's two sides of it. There's the people side and then there was the infrastructure side, you know, from the people side, trying to get their people back into the country, you know, um, where their people had been, um, were they in danger, were they not in danger, were they in a hotspot, were they not in a hotspot, all this type of information. Um, we could be collecting a lot more 
data about our people and our movements and all that than probably what we thought of before when trying to analyze that. Um, from the technology side, it's quite clear that some systems weren't really ready for all these people working from home all of a sudden. Um, and you know, we, we talk about, a lot of companies obviously talk about disaster recovery and, and backups and everything. And the, you know, the focus is always, all right, what happens if my data center blows up or breaks down or, or, or something happens and I don't think, I'll, I mean, I might be wrong, but there were probably not a lot of scenarios, which was, okay, what happens if a pandemic hits the world and all of a sudden everyone has to work from home? Um, and so I think that could be a, a bit of a growth area as well. The, the third one um, that I wanted to bring up as well, and again, it was starting to gain quite a few legs in the last few years as businesses started to go into more cloud services and more as a service offerings. And that is uh, automation in the workplace, not necessarily having to have people sitting there tippy tapping all the time. And I think that's more relevant now because if we have a disruption to business and we're used to having people at their desk doing a set of transactions and punching in data, are we better off actually having you know, robots and automation and all that, doing that where they can do it 24 seven and it doesn't matter whether they're in the office or not in the office, it just happens while our people are safe at home doing the work that they should be doing. I think that's also another another area that um, could potentially grow out of this, more so with the analytics, but I think automation is a very important tool as well that uh, maybe small to mediums really need to have a look at. Uh, large corporates are doing it, not sure there's a lot of smaller mediums that are doing that. Yeah, so let me just ask that then. So, because oh, I went visual, I went, oh my gosh. On a whiteboard? <laughs> yeah, I went visual. I went, I can see all these robots sitting at a chair and they're all keying in a keyboard, but that's not what you mean when you mean robotics. No, no not quite. No, I'm talking about yeah. pro programs that mimic human interaction with yeah. the system uh, to do yeah multiple tasks many times and um, not R2-D2 sitting there sort of punching away on a keyboard or something like that. Yeah, so. Sorry, I just went visual and I just <laughs> went that whole thing. Everybody <laughs> does when you mention it because that's what you talk about, robot, robot so that's what yeah. people think about. So we just wanted to say, yeah, thank, thank you for clarifying what that really means. Mm. So wouldn't it be great for government at the moment to have these automations for all the online applications or the forms that people are trying to line up and fill in and sign? Um, you know, with losing their their jobs, you know, that it could be more automated. But we weren't expecting three to 10 million people all wanting to fill in a form at the moment. So, yeah, and I think yeah. that's where the benefits can be realised by, by all of a sudden saying, well, if all of a sudden we can't get people to key in these systems because for whatever reason, at least we've got processes that we can turn on that can actually do that, um, then, of mm. course, you know, ultimately you're down to the bandwidth of the internet and the service providers and so forth and so forth. But, you know, I, I think the, yeah, I think the, the growth market and it may grow faster than what it has in the past is around automating a lot of those things, analytics, deep diving into a lot of information, collecting information we may not have been able to or had to legally capture in the past. I mean, for all we know, there may be, some government regulations or laws 
that we may be looking at in the next few years over uh, capturing of data around people and people movement, um, mm. which could really test our privacy laws, that's for sure. Mm. Yeah, there's, there's so many things. So in summary, I've picked up if we are looking to shape our future and take the time out to do our planning, think about collaboration, um, analytics and automation is probably mm. what I could sum up to say that to future-proof you to some degree in the next decade, um, look at that as part of your planning um, of your technology and architecture. Is yep. that a fair sum up? Absolutely. And, and, yep. and as we've said in our last podcast that we had and this one, you don't need to be a large corporation to do that. Um, you know, it might, would be good for, you know, small to mediums to do that as well, to be a little bit more future-proof. That's some good, great advice, Greg, for you and your consulting firm. Is there anything that you're going to be doing differently to, to help these next few months? Is there something that you and your team have come up with? Yes, absolutely. We need to do things differently. Uh, we've been involved in some customers who have obviously been affected by this downturn and by this lockdown. And so therefore a lot of projects are currently on hold, but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be still communicating with those customers or customers in the future to try and help them out. So I want to be business focused, but I also want to be community focused. So on the business side, we're putting together a bit of a self-assessment checklist that companies of all sizes can work through simple Q and a list, give yourselves a certain score, depending on that score gives you a bit of a feel for the, for the health of your business and where you need to focus on. On the other side, I'm still working with some higher education providers in Australia, providing some mentoring for those students that actually could potentially be coming out of graduation at the end of this year. And obviously students like that have a lot of concerns because they're coming out into a marketplace where there could potentially be no marketplace and what are they going to do? So I'm trying to give them some advice on how they can prepare themselves on top of their education with some more experience, with some more online learning to try and beef up their arsenal so that when they actually get out there, they can actually secure some work. So it's a bit of business and I think a bit of community, which I think is important these days. That's fantastic. That's really generous that I think that self-assessment approach um, will really help people in these coming months or know what to focus on. That's really good. And yeah, these students, I feel for them, you know, um, they really don't know if they are going to graduate or not at the end of the year, if they don't get their courses. Yeah, exactly. Um, completed. It's, it's, it's a tough time for all. Um, and uh, I think that, um, you know, those of us who have been in the industry long enough and sort of, sort of understand, okay, this is a bit unprecedented. It hasn't really been, hasn't happened before, but at least when, if you start to see, some of the, if you plant the seeds now, then they'll start to grow eventually. And I think that we need to say, okay, we are, especially in the ICT industry, in the IT industry, things can turn around, but these are going to be the focus areas that you need to rely on. This is where your probably career path should go down um, because we do know it'll turn around. We just don't know in what form and, and when, I think. Well, thank you. Lovely catching up with you, Greg. I really um, enjoy our conversations and, um, sometimes you get me a little bit excited about the things that I've let go of, which is data and um, technology, because um, my shift has been to business strategy um, in the last several years. But I do enjoy a good cloud-based program of work. 
<laughs> Absolutely. So it's all about the cloud. It's all about the oh, cloud. Oh, I can I can remember <laughs> the first time people started talking about the cloud and the um the cartoon videos that these businesses were coming in to sell their solutions and there'd be little clouds popping up in the sky and there'd be little dart, um, filing cabinets floating from the ground up to the cloud and then there'd be a little person up there opening up the filing cabinet with a piece of paper and, oh, my gosh, we've come a long way since those uh, cartoon promotional videos. <laughs> yeah, we, we have. And, I mean, it goes back to a question that we didn't really touch on, which was, you know, what's going to happen over the next decade? And, you know, I mean... I think what what we're starting to see is a maturity of a lot of those services Mm. um, and then a a maturity of the businesses understanding how to utilize those services and not just saying, Oh, we're we're on the cloud. That's it. We're done. Uh, We can pack up and go home. Um, It's forever changing. Yeah. It's it's a cycle that keeps going around and around. So yeah, once it's embedded, it starts to make a bit more sense and then people take advantage of it. So, you know, it's a discussion you and I can keep having every six months because things change all the time. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely get you back next season as well. So I'll be here. <laughs> well, thank you so much and um, take right. care. And you too. Stay uh, safe. Let's keep smiling. Yes, that's right. Because uh, the sun does come up tomorrow, apparently. Um, it hasn't been cancelled yet. Uh, And yeah, we're just going to keep going and push on. So good luck to everybody who's out there.